0: About slowing the slowing the fly down, um, I tell you that's how I begin all my stuff. If they if it turns out that instead of three times you mended it four times and that they're taking more grabs, I mean then they really want to slow fly. Great, you know. Uh, you know, and I, and I also do the jig method. I do a lot of as you you, you get your final, you know, as you mend it a second time, you feel that fly really going down. your fishing. I'll have people jig it through, you know, and just be ready on the bottom.
1: That was John McCloskey describing how he gets the fly down when swinging for trout. Another supercharged episode today. This is the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. We'll help you on your fly fishing journey with classic stories covering steelhead fishing, fly tying, and much more. Uh, How's it going, everyone? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. Have you been getting value out of the podcast? Great way to show your support for the podcast is to head over to wetflyswing.com slash members. In today's episode, I talk with John McCloskey, the main guy in Georgia right now working the trout spay game. John walks us through how he catches fish on the swing on the Chattahoochee and also on the Naknek River in Alaska where he splits his time. We hear about the best trout space setup, the difference between uh, switch and spay, how to force feed the fish, and who is uh, leading the game out there. We talk about the mo tip, the flow tip, the riffle run bucket tips, along with a great tip to slow down your fly. So, without further ado, here is Captain John McCloskey. How's it going, John? Hey man, how are you doing? Good, good. Great to have you on here today. Uh, we're we're going to jump into some uh, some trout spay and some Alaska and maybe a little bit of Georgia. I uh, I had one of our uh, uh, I guess it was uh, Mark Knott was one of our uh, members of the uh, the group we have going uh, the member society group and he he mentioned that uh, you were a good guy to talk to so I reached out to you and we put this together just before you're heading up to Alaska. So you ready to get started on this? Yeah, man.
0: Yeah, Mark's a good guy. I appreciate uh, appreciate you doing this.
1: Yeah, this is great. Okay, well, I, I usually start off, you know, before we get into all the trout spay and your guiding up in Alaska and, and your history, um, can you just talk about how you first got into fly fishing?
0: Uh, yeah, I um, I was, I was probably, probably 14, I think, and just a an older guy, a friend of mine took me out. I really wasn't into fishing all that much when I was a kid. And then he took me out just for, just for fun. And I started doing it. Notice nobody else in Georgia did it really, you know, it wasn't real popular at the time. So I kind of did it for a while and stopped doing it and go back to it back and forth. And then, uh, really got back into it. I was working the fire department and needed a, like a part-time job and kind of managed a fly shop and, uh, kind of guiding on the side and that's what really got me you know Mm. got more and more serious with it you know after that and i was i was probably about 20 i guess or so So, but uh you know started when i was a kid just it just kind of progressed you know how anything else does in life
1: Yeah, yeah so you slowly so you start off as in the fire department and then slowly do a little guiding and then you pick up something here or there and then you turn around and you're you're guiding in alaska and and now do you you guide (laughs) do you split your time kind of half and half alaska versus georgia
0: yeah Yeah, so in in alaska i'm usually up there about uh man from like late may or june to well this year it'd be november so i'm up there a a really long time Mm -hmm. um we do um Primarily, we do, yeah, about, about 80% of the time we're swinging flies, and we also have all five salmon species. We swing for, you know, big kings, and, um, you know, of course, everybody comes up to fill their coolers with salmon and stuff. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, my game's usually the, you know, we, the Naknak that I'm on has some of the biggest trout in the world, so yeah. <laughs> they're big. So then uh, right. they take a swung fly over and over again, so they're they're pretty awesome. That's it's right. a good place to go.
1: Yeah. It's the, uh, the nag, is it uh, just, and how do you spell that? N-A-K-N-E-K. Yeah, N-A-K. Yeah. And that's, yeah, definitely a famous, uh, river up there. And yeah, I want to jump into some of that on the uh, swinging flies. It sounds like you do a lot of that. And you do some of that in Georgia as well. Is that, um, you know, what is the difference? What What's the biggest difference between fishing in, uh, in Georgia up there and fish, because I know you've picked, you've swinged some in, in Georgia as well, but what's the biggest
0: difference between the two areas? Yeah, man, that's that's you know I I actually the reason I started doing Trout spay in Georgia is because I I found out that my guys in Alaska that would come up that they spent two days learning how to do it and I was like man this is a really waste of you know a seven day fishing thing so you know before that I, I swing flies by myself and you know Georgia's pretty good you know we have a good trout population. You know, we got a bunch, you know, wild browns on the Chattahoochee and we do have a bunch of managed areas up north Georgia that uh, you know, you call them pellet head fish. Hmm. But uh it crossed my mind to try to swing those rivers um really for training for people at first, just so they could understand, you know, don't set the hook early. I mean, all the basics. Yep. Um and uh I found out, man, there's there's people really interested in this and then just kind of evolved into what it is today so when i when i do trout spay here you know really it's the only difference is uh the weight of the rod and the skagit you know what you're throwing but honestly the setups i i have the same setup i you know you have your running line whatever it is most of the time i'm doing you know mostly opst stuff because they're good to me and um you know, we, it's your your running line. or Most of times, laser our line, and then you got your skagit head, and then you got your sink tip. But it's the same thing down here, yeah. As it is in Alaska, it's it, that's what really makes it cool. Um, and I take hmm. regular steelhead flies, um, flies we swing on the knack knack, you know, um, flies we swing for steelhead like in you know the, the Kenai Peninsula and stuff. And I just shrink them. Yep. And it gets. <laughs> People, wow. people, most people down here have never seen a tube fly. Yep. So they think it's some kind of magic. Um,
1: <laughs> so you shrink them down, down, You shrink them down from an it lot from like an inch or two down to less than an inch, or what size? Oh, sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll shrink. Yeah, you know, some of your bigger intruders for you know just regular two stage intruder. I'll swing that. I'll I'll shrink it down. Or my son's really good at it. i will shrink it down to just um, you know real tiny stuff. Uh, you know, like uh, Jonathan Farman, and those guys tie. Like micro intruders, we'll Mm -hmm. do that kind of stuff down here and just make them even smaller. And The fish, you've never seen them. You know, like dollies, swinging little teeny tiny dollies. Uh, And Jonathan Farmer, like graboids, um, stuff like that, dude, it it kills down here. That's
1: awesome. So you're, so basically you got these guys. So do you have clients that are planning a trip up to Alaska and you basically say, hey, come down and you know before your trip to alaska to uh, georgia and and swing up a few to to get make sure you're good on the swing game is that how it works
0: yeah so here's how i do it um it, it started out where i just did classes for my clients you know going to alaska but then it kind of evolved into where like i just did a six-person class on saturday at the lake just doing casting and um, these guys are going to scotland so oh, wow. they're like, hey, can yeah, can you That's fit cool. us in? I was like, yeah, we're cutting it close, but well, I did. Yeah, my son and I did it, and they really appreciated. It. But yeah, it's I. It started off as just training for people, just for Alaska, and I, I just wanted to share the the passion that I have for the spay game because one, it's it's still you know it's still in infancy, especially down in the south. Uh, it's and, and two, it's like it's. I, I try to make it simple for people to, so they're not scared of it because I mean you've got your your grain weights you've got windows for your rods you have sink tips that nobody understands very well you know what i'm saying yep, so i try to it's so much to it, it what right it t- what in the world could that mean you know yeah. so i try to make it easier for i try to I, you know, and my class starts from the very beginning and just goes all the way through so that you know when they're done with it they can actually speak intelligently about it you know if they go into a fly shop down here you know some of the people act like they know but they don't really know but yeah. it's good if, if they learn from the way i learned you know they they can kind of order how, their own stuff you know how did you learn how did you learn the uh the spay game well you, you know i was really um probably eight years ago i kind i got a switch rod right and i know it's, it's really good for an indicator rod so i had it in my boat guiding and then I went, let's see, so I can yeah, swing flies here and there, but I really didn't really, you know, focus on it. Right. And then my first year in Alaska, um, a, a buddy of mine, Chad kind of got me a little bit more understanding, you know, the basics. Right. And then, you know, up there, dude, if you, you swing up one big fish, you're kind of like, oh, I don't really want to do anything else. Right. Um, and then after that, as I came home, I was like, dude, I know I can make this work down here and then that's really what's happened the last i'd say the last five years i've really pushed it hard down here uh in huh. the last i'd say three years i'm starting to get help you know from like hatch has really taken right. care of me uh, opst has stepped up a lot uh, orvis is you know they're they're trying to get in the game too and these people you know because i'm one of the, i'm pretty much the only one doing it down here man no kidding and it's like so what it's, is the- um so the setup,
1: I mean, do you pretty much take, you know, your steelhead, you know, a setup you would use for
0: steelhead and just just downscale it all? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, you know, if you – yeah, that's pretty much basically, yeah. So you take, like, a, you know, you, what do you, you swing, like 7126 is a good average rod to swing mm-hmm. for steelhead and stuff. You know, just, just as an average, you only have one rod. So you take that and then you go down to, like, echoes, like, a, what is it, 4113 um or their new trout's bay and then you know you just shrink everything the skagit goes short you know smaller yeah. and then yeah. your sink tip is lighter just because the rod can't handle it as much and then you just find the runs down here that work but you know you people will come to me and they'll swing up fish on the chattahoochee on a seven weight and like okay that wasn't that's, that's yeah, okay wasn't but much. then you give them a yeah but Five. you give them a three weight yeah. trout's bay you know, and then a twelve inch, thirteen inch fish is like, oh man, this exactly. is
1: awesome, and you're feeling it.
0: Well, let's let's
1: just jump into, and and I I think you know, just time wise, we're not going to have time to cover both, you know, the Georgia stuff and uh and, oh, sure. and Alaska stuff, which is a bummer because I think you know I'd love to catch ke- catch both, but you know, I think uh, maybe covering some of the Alaska and really focusing mm-hmm. on the trout spill. So, can you talk if you're heading up to Alaska, and you know, I guess you mentioned. um uh, the, uh, the knack, or how do you pronounce it again? Yeah. The knack, knack. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Knack, knack. Um, so if you're heading up there or a river that has, I guess, big rainbows or just decent rainbows, uh, what, what is the set? And, and I guess the setup there are, you might be using more of a steelhead set, what, what is your setup there for, for, I mean, are you still calling that trout spade? Cause it seems like if you're catching fish that are steelhead size, it's, it, it's really more just like
0: steelhead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and I agree with you. It's, um, that that word in Alaska, you know, that's that's th- from the Kenai, you know, that peninsula, you know, they they that's steel. They call them steelhead because they run, you know, just the najmous fish. Yeah. Right now, our fish are kind of a mystery because you have them, you have your residential fish that hang out, and, and which you fish, have,
1: and you're talking about fish up on the neck.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So the rainbows on the neck. There's two distinct differences there's ones that hang out in the river and you can tell you know they have the colors and they're still yeah and then you have these other chromes that come in first of the year and they'll come in they'll be chasing little smolt down the river Mm -hmm. right and it's the only place really that it happens on a regular basis from from opener june 8th is opener and then from then on till about mid sometimes late july you have these crazy looks like the water's boiling everywhere and it's just giant rainbows chasing little teeny tiny salmon down the river and eating them. It is really cool. You hmm. throw flies in, you can swing them through it. You can strip it through and these fish just crush it. And they're chrome. I mean, dude, they're like dime. Yeah. Um, and, but you'll, you'll, you know sometimes you'll stick a 30, 31. Right. They're, they're pretty big fish, but you can tell, you know, they're just throwing up smoke. It's, it's amazing. Wow. And then the salmon come in and kind of push them out. So they either go deep or they'll mostly go to the lake and, if you can picture it, it goes knack neck lake, knack neck river, and then Bristol Bay. So it's all open. Oh right. So the arguments of course can be do the do the do the fish go to the lake? Do the fish go to the ocean? And this has been an argued thing forever. Um and it's you know, unless you tag every fish, you're, you're not really gonna be able to you know, to win that argument anyways. But most people believe that they summer you know, they go into the lake and they come back. And so, late fall, when the sockeye have turned, they've dropped. They're dropping their eggs. These big fish will start setting up. You know, following the sockeye in,
1: hmm.
0: follow the drops in, and then you know you'll start to catch bigger fish. I mean, you'll you'll start to get on thirty inch plus fish more and more. And what what month is that when they're following the sockeye? So that's about the first first September. You can usually count on. The first week of September to be a decent bee drop, you know, an egg drop. And then you only you'll fish beads, And they're not on swung flies as much because they're focused on, of course, yeah. matching the hatch. So you get that for about three weeks. And then that'll kind of die out. You still have silvers coming and everything. But there's a transition there that these big, big fish come in. And these big fish hold like steelhead. They're, they're setting up. Everything's – it's really cool. Hmm. And then we start our swing. We start our swing about – second or third week in September and that goes to November we're gonna you know we're, we're there till November this year and gotcha. it's amazing the the deeper into the fall you get the bigger the fish get huh. um and the biggest one I think we'll see we set the record last year swinging up one that was like 30 35 and a and, half and why, why is that
1: why are the fish getting
0: bigger as you go towards the fall or later in well they winter. You know, we just have the bigger fish coming and setting up. I mean, it, it's it's just a it's a weird it's 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 crazy. It's, it's like the way it works. You don't you don't say the word steelhead on the knack neck because the biologists get very upset. But man, there's a lot of similarities between these fish, yeah. and steelhead. Um, but I'll tell you though, uh, you know, if you if you leave the knack neck and go swing like Deep Creek or something, you know, near on the Kenai and stuff like that, these fish. Do the Nacknick fish? I don't know if there's a hotter fish anywhere. Yeah, I mean, they're they're do they are just the water temperatures right, you know, and they're holding like some of these fish are holding like three foot of water, two yeah. and a half foot of water, way up on the it, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, way way uh, in off the shore, off the bank. Oh
0: America. man, no kidding. Yeah. you know, and it's funny because people bring click paws because oh, you yeah. know you want to be traditional, you want to <laughs> be cool, but yeah. by the second day they're like, do you have right? a reel wheel. with a drag on it yeah yeah that's awesome so yeah. so what is the so
1: for those if you're going into september fishing up there i mean what, what is your setup what, what length of rod what what weight what is the typical
0: yeah you know at one point i would say you know 13 foot seven or eight weight or nine weight i have yeah, people yeah. that swing nine weights. the same king setup gotcha. they'll come out and swing big okay. rainbows but i'll be honest with you the opst heads really changed the game in my opinion for me yeah it it changed the game a lot because i mean you all you're really doing is you're like a like like we're talking about like a seventy one twenty six. that's a pretty basic setup you know you put like a 425 header or four whatever matches that you just lengthen the sink tip you know for these people and they're dumping beautiful casts with very little effort uh and the and that's important because a lot of people have trouble moving the traditional, gotcha. you know, schedule with a good, you know, cause sometimes we'll do, we're swinging T20. Oh, wow. You're getting down. Uh, if, yeah. If we're having to go in the deep water, huh. you know, we're seeing swing T20. And, and of course, as the season sets up deeper into the fall, the yeah. sink tips go shallower because the fish are holding shallow.
1: That's cool. But uh, yeah, we the, don't hear it. It is. Yeah. We don't hear the, uh the T20, actually the first 30 episodes of this podcast were mostly Steelhead focused. So I've covered, you know, a lot and it was, you know, most on Steelhead, some of the, the people that covered, you know, actually had, um, oh gosh, what episode was it? I had OPST on in a previous episode. Uh, James Millard was on, you know, a, a while back, but, um, but, uh, yeah, I think it might be interesting just to dive off on a little bit uh, into the, um, you know, maybe that more of the trout spay. And and it sounds like the Georgia thing is, is the place to, to dig it. Can you talk a little bit about, maybe we can just turn the, the table over there to a little bit and talk about what the setup
0: is for trout spay when you're fishing Georgia? Yeah, man. Yeah. So here, here in Georgia, uh, I have two different setups. When I go on the, on the Chattahoochee, which is a tailwater, we have about almost 40 miles of river i run a jet boat i run my twin the same jet boat i run in alaska i run a 1654 stealth craft with a 6040 on the back it's it's awesome setup and i do the same way i fish i run my i run the same programs i do in alaska so we'll hit the deep runs we'll swing from the back of the boat and then we'll get out we'll anchor in different places get out and, and fish the gravel exactly like you would anywhere you know looking for trout um, and then that way you usually do like a four weight, you know, there's several different four weights out there. You know, everybody's three, four weights, stuff like that. So as long as you can turn over the sink tip, you're good to go. Um, and then usually I think uh, you know Sage has a really cool trout spay and stuff, but they're all about four weights. I find that's you know when the wind starts blowing, four weight handles up pretty good, and you get the sketch you hit the matches, and then and the most of the time it's it's OPST stuff for me there mm-hmm. too, also. Um, and then the sink tip. I may go like a ten foot, like T eleven. That's about as heavy most of the time as I'll go. Okay. Um, you'll like, just set up for that.
1: Like a like a seven and a half foot section of T eleven
0: or Usually about a ten to twelve foot. It really okay. depends on where we're at. Um, but these, you know, like a lot of these trout spaces now, they're like eleven, eleven foot, eleven and a half foot. And I mean you can really you can it's you know it's it's a little more work, but you can still dump a ten foot sink tip no problem you know on these on these yeah. things and, and when you do what's the length of the t- rod uh usually it's uh, most of them are 11 11 foot 11 3 i think i saw 11 5 the other day okay so um, these
1: are kind of a switch type of rod yeah,
0: well you know that's the what thing. is the difference you, you,
1: what, what is the difference between a switch and in a, a kind of a more traditional
0: two-handed you know yeah well you know the switch is it was really they're they're kind of it seems like they're all merging but at a, at a point the switch was almost like a single hand rod that you could kind of, yep. you know, get a decent cast. But nowadays it really does seem like, yeah, I talk a lot about it. OPST really seems like they changed the game and there's a lot of people chasing them trying to get that, that idea, you know, that Ed Warden, Jerry Jerry, all those guys did. Yeah. Cause, because in the, in the end, you can't argue with the fact that a nice short shorter rod with a shorter head that has the same action as a full spay is just easier to, to do. It's easier to use. These people are intimidated when there's a two foot court. you know what I'm saying? And it yeah. feels like you're holding a baseball bat and then you get like the Piraway rods. Huh. Um, you know, th- these, these ideas that shorter sketches, shorter rods make, it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Um, what's the, what's the advantage of, you know, um, you know, using the space. So you got 11 and a half foot four weight versus just ha- going out there with a, a nine foot typical single hand rod and swinging flies the same.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I do a lot. I, it, I do some single hand Skagit classes. Um, and it's the same thing. Like you take an old nine foot five weight. Everybody has one. That's what they started on. And you take it out and I put a 200 grain OPST commando head on there, right? Mm-hmm. And then now you've got, a whole whole swing tip or, you know, a whole, a whole swing setup, and you put like a seven and a half foot tip on there and they're dumping, you know, 60 feet cast swinging the same way you would as, you know, double hand rod. Mm -hmm. And that, a lot of people do that. Um, but eventually, and this is just my opinion, what I've seen eventually people that are doing the single hand schedule will eventually kind of get more curious about the double hand, you know, anything two handed because two hand in the end. Yeah. It's Two easier. hands make it easier, man. Yeah. It's um if you learn the technique, um then you know, instead of using that single hand as you come through and you do your you do your forward cast after you load whatever your D has loaded and you, you bust out there, you know, that 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 that, that single hole with that left hand is really kind of a good way to intro into the double hand where that bottom hand is the power hand, it's right. the same way as that bottom hand loads the single hand yeah. rod. You know, so it's it's cool, but I can tell you that it's in the South especially. There's been such a, a demand lately for people to understand the spay rod, the the double hand stuff. Yeah, that I have a lot of people steering away now from single hand stuff and really wanting to know how do I do it with this? Yeah. How do I do it with the double hand rod? And, you know, their first couple casts, you know, of course, a couple hours, they're doing a double hand or a single hand, trying to throw it out there. But once they understand that bottom hands, you know, that's, that's the, that's the power. They start to really throw the, and it, and it seems like this is in this I'm sure you've seen this in a double hand. It's not just about catching the fish. I hate to say this, but right. it's a lot about the cast.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> get it. Get it's
0: it. like a light, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's oh, like, oh, yeah you don't take a single hand rod and at the end of the day go, did you see those loops I were throwing?
1: (gasps) Yeah. I had, um, uh, Marty, uh, Marty and Mia shepherd on in a previous episode. And, you know, for those that don't know, you know, they're kind of Northwest out, you know, out here. And yeah, we talked about that and it was, it was interesting because they talked about how the cool thing, you know, about spay and just fly fishing is compared because they were like ski bums back before, um, is that uh, you're always learning. You know, you're always trying to perfect that spay. And I'm not sure where you're at. You're a teacher, so you're probably pretty far in the game. But I know for myself, I'm no expert in spay. But, you know, the fact that I'm always learning and trying to get there. I mean, how do you feel about yourself? Do you feel like you're you're at a level where you still have a lot to learn or you're, you're feeling pretty good?
0: Well, yeah. So to be honest with you, I've had a bunch of instructors from different places. And it wasn't until – I started doing lots of classes with with Jeff Leskay. That oh yeah, the way he started. To, so when I when I started when I met him, he so he comes up so his group comes up every year to and Alaska. he's out in is he
1: is uh, is he out in uh, Michigan or where, where's he out of mostly Ohio oh,
0: okay Ohio yeah um, but he does you know he does a spay collection all over the place but when they start when that when I met them the first year he was such a genuine person. And I saw him cast. I was like, man, my cast is kind of garbage compared to his. Um, so I had done it so long, you know, trying to power with the right hand. I made it work. I could dump some far line, but you know, of course who wants to do that? Why don't you want to be smoother? So he broke down my cast and it was, it was a horrible process, but once he broke it down and and tore it apart and started from the beginning, that's where it made sense to me. You know what I'm saying? And I found out, Holy mackerel, dude, you can get so much more distance if you understand that the the, the bottom hand, whatever hand you're doing, is yep. on the bottom. That's the power. Yep. But you can't. You have to learn it. You can't just somebody can't just scream at you. You're a bottom hand. <laughs> you gotta work. You, you, gotta have to, tra- you, gotta yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have to. So that's where. So where and you're asked where I'm at. I yeah. feel like the more once I learned the basics, I kind of it once it made sense to me because i've taught a lot of stuff in my life i mean i had uh, i I grew up teaching martial arts in in the school i still have a school all these things i taught my whole life i taught for the state for fire department and and i taught uh rope rescue for swat teams i mean i've taught forever so once it makes sense to me i can i can you know i can enunciate it and make it Hmm. make sense to others and i and i was excited because the spay game is so hard but it's so simple, and if you can break it down into in in little groups, they, they once they understand the foundation and, and the foundational truths, you know, they can walk away feeling good, and they can also call me and say, "Hey, man, step two, something's not right." You know what I'm saying? I'll right. have them send me a video. It's cool because oh, they don't cool. have to have me. You know what I'm saying? They they can miss doing the video in Alaska. They'll call me in Alaska, leave a message, and I'll call them back and say, "All right, so tell me." What's, I'm telling you, man. It. Once you break, in my opinion, and this is just how I teach it, it, I learn almost every time I teach a class, I learn something. And that, that yeah. seems crazy, but it's like, uh, you know, like here, here's a good example. When you're throwing a shorter Skagit head, you want to you wanna focus your loop higher. You know, you can't just throw parallel with water. It's not going to go very far, right? Yeah. But if you angle your rod tip, if you stop it higher, yep. as you pull down in and your rod tip stops higher, your chin's up, your 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 posture's up. You're gonna throw that higher loop, and it's gonna carry further, right? Right. And that made sense. But the more I did it in classes, I'm like, man, that really does work. So I had that. That was a good thing because huh. that was one of the big things, with Jeff Liske. You know, you stand up straight. Yep. Your your target shoulders, up, you know, everything, all these things. Yeah, but don't bend over until you do it enough. Right. Exactly. Yeah, if you yeah. If your if your posture's bad. Your loop's going to be bad. Yeah. That's all there is. How far are you stopping when it. you oh. when
1: you're shooting up towards the, your tip? Is it shooting up kind of towards the sky? How how, how would you explain that? Like where? I'll,
0: so I'll explain exactly like I do in class. So a lot of people come from single hand casting, and they understand the 10-2 because that's just what they're taught. A river runs through it. Still yep. is around. Right. People yep. learn the same thing. So I I tried to figure out. How do I kind of assimilate? How do I bring everything together so that it makes sense to them, so that they can look at it? Because if they're coming from single hand, they know to look back. If they're taught correctly, they look back at their back cast and their forward cast, and they can see where their their tip stops. And that's how you get energy. So the same thing with um, I just explained to them: as you come up to create your D, your rod tip stops in the back. That's that's your back cast. It's still in the water. The D that's a, that's what loads the rod, and as you come through. your forward cast if you throw at the water it kills you but if you go to that almost that 10-2 i hate to use that but it's but it's a good reference
1: where your two where your two is actually on the water
0: yeah so you come up
1: the opposite
0: yeah so you come up well when you come back you know when you're building your d loop and you come back you watch your d right that's a good way to learn you got to see where it loads and as you go forward as you pull through as, you know the single hand rod you almost throw over a loop but as you come through and you pull that rod tip down and and through that d loop because your left hand pulls you know pulls it into you you can watch that rod tip stop in the forward at a round picture like two that'll that'll that that seems to be where people can kind of pick up that energy and they'll you know they'll throw their rod at the water and throw their rod at the water and i'll just kind of stop over there and As they go forward, I tell them stop, and they'll stop that thing around two or three, you know. Yep. And that and that usually uh, and once you know, I find once you kind of do it right once, you know, you're like, okay, I want that again, you know.
1: Yeah, I had um, Uh, I'm I'm thinking (laughs) I'm thinking of another uh, recent. Gosh, who was it? Was Saint Croix Dan Johnston? and just to note, uh, the me and Marty was uh, episode 76, but I had J- Dan Johnston talking about more of the single hand rod, but he was talking about instead of using the 10 and 2, he was talking about just stopping your thumb straight up instead oh, of, there you, go, you perfect. know what I mean? So he, he thought that it was a little confusing sometimes with people that the, the timing and st- or the 10 to 2, but he said stop. Sure. So that makes sense. So if you use that same analogy, you know, I guess. Well, you don't. You're not necessarily having your thumb on the on the handle, but and we're all talking about a right-handed person here. But would sure, you sure. say uh, could you say a similar thing where you're stopping that? You know, maybe it's your maybe it's your just your rod is straight up.
0: You, you know, it's interesting. I would have to probably think about yeah. that. I, I, I here's what I always and the, and the more I've watched, the more I say that people there. I, I in my in what I've seen is people struggle with having that information from their single hand power hand to their new power hand, which is the bottom. Right. And if I, and I, I try to tell them, I said, you ever, you know, here's how I do. I say, you ever been in a fight? And some people are like, yeah, no, yeah, you yeah. know, I'm like, pretend like the top hands guarding your ribs and you can't lift that elbow too far. We don't drift mm. as long as that, that right hand or, or whatever your top hand is, is only like a fulcrum almost it's just it's like yeah. 70 30 70 bottom hand because if i say all bottom hands then that doesn't make any sense but if you say 70 30 you know 80 20 even 60 40 left hand versus bottom top hand it seems to get it yeah and so they'll start to understand that okay that right hand's not allowed to move much and i just tell them imagine that right hand's only guiding helping the bottom hand connect that tip so wherever that left hand goes the bottom hand goes the tip's gonna go the opposite so if you're pointing way out you know as you try to cast forward you're on parallel with the water it's not working but if that left hand only moves so much when it comes through the pool that tip only moves so much and, mm-hmm. and you know it mm-hmm. it seems to be and what i do is i'll videotape them yeah. it seems to be like got with my with my phone so like I've got a couple of advanced casters that I mean they've been with me for a while and I video them. I say you're you're parallel and you're in your D. You're not forming a D. You're forming some kind of weird horseshoe. Yeah. And you're forcing it. Once they see the video, they will oh man, my my tip's low. So then they'll you mm-hmm. know they'll keep that right That's hand cool. in and they keep yeah. It, well, and it that comes from all the other stuff because I found you know you have people that learn audibly and you learn people that learn visually and some that are are, are in the between. But if people see themselves, yeah, like I can yell and yell and yell. You stop, doing, <laughs> you know, stop pushing with your right hand. It doesn't make sense. But if you say, "Look, let's see where your right hand's at." Oh yeah, that's
1: cool. So the video, it seemed,
0: so the video works pretty well. It sounds
1: like, and you actually have people that are remote that send you videos of them, and you take a look at it.
0: Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, they'll they'll do. Um, and, and you know, it's harder to get in Alaska, but yeah, they'll either email or yeah do like what, however they can get it to me. Um, or they'll, you know, I have numbers for my steps. So they'll say, you know, in my, in my number two, when I, when I like, let's say, uh, a, 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 a double spay, they say, when I come for my number two and I drop my rod tip, my anchors on my opposite side, I'm having trouble. And then they'll describe it, you know? And I'm like, Or well, are you, cause you know, you know, Edward always talks about the two planes and it made mm-hmm. perfect sense. You know, if, the two planes, there's two distinct planes in a cast, and you're simply connecting them. The D-loops connects them, right? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of start with that, making sure that, you know, once you drop your rod tip, you can't go below that. You can't go below because you drag it. Mm. It, yep. it needs to be that constant. So once, once that kind of makes sense to people, they're like, oh, okay. I mean, because, you know, and, and of course I do it over and over and over and over and over and over. But yeah. when, you, when, you, when you connect it, you understand that D is not just there to be pretty. It's it's loading the rod and that constant speed. Once that, that tempo starts, once you find the tempo and you come around to make your D, you continually move it. If you pause it, it's just like pausing a back cast. Yeah, what happens? You lose your energy. Yep. So if Gotta you pause, you have to. But if you go too far, too high. Your arms drift, you blow your anchor, right? Yep. If you drag your skagit and you try to throw it forward, you're just working really hard for nothing. But once you meet those two planes in the middle of that D, and you come through and stop at high, when you shoot that rod tip, you know, and it just it shoots out, people are like, oh, I get it.
1: Yeah. 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 No, you know? those are, yeah, we've had a few of these conversations similar to this, you know, on previous shows, but I've actually got a similar thing with the video I have. Um, in our member society group, I've got a, uh, Tim Rollins who, uh, you know, does, he's like the line speed Jedi guy. Um, he, he's, he's providing a free video review of, of folks cast. So if they want to get in there, they can get a little, he can do that summary and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think that the video in these this day and age, if you can't get there in person,
0: that's probably the next best thing, right? Well, I mean, that's the only, I mean, I'm up in Alaska so long and they can't just, Go somebody else there's nobody else that really does it so yeah you know they it's just not it's not popular enough down here yet which i'm cool with i'm just saying they can't just go to their shop and say hey man come check this out there's nobody around
1: yeah yeah yeah. Um, nobody's doing it that's great
0: well let's let's jump
1: into a little bit on again just making sure we're covering this so we're thinking trout spay we're thinking the, I guess the Chattahoochee is that is that kind of your home water for the most part
0: yeah 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 so that that's that's the that's my home waters um and, with, how, do
1: you, uh, and how do you get out there when you're you know if you're so we got the rod we got the eleven and a half foot four weight mm-hmm, we, we got this mm-hmm. gadget line we're all set up Can you take us down to the river and, uh, you know, and are we talking about rainbows here and and just what, you know, take us to the river and getting us
0: swinging on the river and getting into a process. So we have, of course, the hatchery puts rainbows in, but we have a 100% wild brown trout fishery. So we don't put any browns in the river and um, we have giant browns. Hmm. Um, And once in a while you'll swing up a big, giant, fat, Typd old brown, it's pretty cool, but most of the time you're targeting the smaller browns and tons of rainbows mm. so then the rainbows uh they're pretty active they chase a swung fly but i I do the same technique as I do in Alaska. I believe that a slower fly on the average yeah gets the attention of more fish and that's just how I feel so I train my guys you know as you as you as you bust your cast whatever angle we're talking to, you know depth and speed and all that you know you start your men you, you get that first men to, to, to pop the fly and angle it and then the next ones are to slow the fly and you know a, as you you find out and some days a little faster fly works but most of the mm. time i find that a slow fly works um yeah. and then everything's the same uh, these fish i mean you know you know it's the yeah. same way people learn not to set a hook until the fish is running and taking the fly you know all these Swing theory comes. In. Everything right. works the same. How do you choose? The, um,
1: how do you choose the? You know, if you've got your setup, you got the right setup. You got a little fly on. You know, the right fly. How do you choose? You know, where to fish. Like, what are the runs? Is the chat? Is that river? Are we talking classic riffle run, big long pools? I mean, how, how do they know where to find these fish? Are they
0: everywhere? You, you, well, they're they're they ho- definitely definitely hold more oxygenated places more. You know, like, so we do have heavy riffles, big gravel runs for hundreds of yards, and you can sometimes swing both sides, it depends on the release and all that stuff. Um, and then if we, uh, because of scenario, a scenario based, and it's based on my program in Alaska, we'll change tips out and swing the deeper pools just so you have an understanding how yeah. the takes feel a little different and all. And this is all, it's always training. You're always learning how to, to deal with stuff, and that's how we swing So if it's, and because I've guided that river for so many years, I know where they hold. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Now, when we talk about the private water, um, the pellet head fish, uh, the cool thing about up there is it's all wading, okay? It's really small water, so you don't get to do a whole lot of long casts. Mm. But this is perfect training grounds for people to learn how to actually – wait be patient on these heavy grabs and when they go you know you go down river and low you know the whole nine yards is perfect so i usually do my classes on the lake for casting and then we do a couple days on the private water or the hooch to learn how to actually implement once you learn to cast i mean what what's the rest of it there's so much more to it right so i mean like like Chuck Reagan came out a couple weeks ago and to do the new Echo Spay and we went out to the private water because the river was blown out. So we went to the private water and he couldn't believe that you know he swung up. I think his biggest fish was almost there's like 29 and a half inches. Wow. You know, I mean that's nuts right. on a on a little four-weight. That's well, crazy. Yeah. Um, but but like 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 I said before, it's all managed. So it's not like it's you know, people go there and they they fish. I mean pellet flies. They fish nymphs and stuff. I don't really do that. Yeah. What are the but pelt, I,
1: I, what are the pellet flies?
0: Um. Like I mean, I guess they just you like like, you know, you can you can get like a pheasant tail to look like a little brown. So you know what I'm saying? You can. So you mean pelt, like fish pellet, like fish pellets? Yeah. F- yeah. Yeah, pellet. yeah. 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 Because that's what they. That's how the managed areas. Oh, but I, oh,
1: wow! So you're going up to these. So this is a private water where they're literally feeding them fish food. Like, yeah. While they're in, while they're in the, uh, in the, is this a river or lake?
0: Yeah. So dude, we we have a really strange thing. It's called one of them's the Sequoia, and it's like thirty some miles, and it's deemed non navigable. So these people could can own both sides of the river. Sure. Okay. So what they do is. There's sections and they put whatever they want in the river. Huh. You know, what I mean, they put camloops in this river. Oh wow! And these Kamloops get and they run the whole river. These so, guys—that's crazy. It is crazy. So is this dude.
1: is this a restricted uh, like a waterway? So these fish can't get out to down. Oh,
0: the river? they can. Yeah, they've they've gone all the way to the lake. If the water goes high enough, they've gone oh, okay. away. So that's not. A, it's just there's no problem.
1: The time, yeah, with like wild hatchery. Issues there. There's no problem with that, all that.
0: Uh, well, they don't, you know. And this is going to hurt some feelings. There's not really a lot of wild fish. Oh, okay. I'm sh- I'm sure yeah. there is breeding, and I'm sure there is wild fish. Right on on the Sequoia. But here's the deal: once you feed them food, you know, once you're taking you're managing, I don't really consider that. No, maybe they were maybe they were stream born. That's fine, but I don't really call it that. That's not really fair to call it wild because on. No. Like the Chattahoochee, the browns are wild. They were stream-born. They've survived. It's generations of – they don't get fed. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not fair to call. No. Just, so and, and you see these fish in, in in part of the rivers. I mean, it's not even 30 feet wide, and you're pulling up 25-plus-inch rainbows and browns. Uh, there has to be something. Huh. There has to be supplemental. And, and of course, they eat other – the browns eat other rainbows. Of, of course you have – they're still trout. Yeah. But it, they're not, you know what I'm saying? It's not fair.
1: Yeah. It's because a deal.
0: Yeah, It's a different deal. And they're, 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 they're fed. It's, it's different.
1: Yeah. That, that's interesting, Tommy. Yeah. Fishing with pellet flies and stuff. Definitely a, a different game. Well, if we get back to, you know, just traditional kind of the trout spay thing. I mean, how do you, you know, how do you slow down your fly? You're just talking about keeping it slow. How, how do you, how do you, how do you do that?
0: Well, you know, I mean, as you know, you know, your, your, uh, your tip selection, you know, how far, how, how long is your tippet from how, your sink to how long your fly? Your tippet, how long is your tippet? tippet you know, what really depends. Most of the time I'm, I'm, I'm usually about three foot range. Yeah. Um, if I don't want it, you know, if I want it a little slower, maybe I'll go a little longer. If I want it to really dive, I may go two feet. Um, but most of the time with these runs that we have, it's about three foot. That seems about, you know, okay. that's about right. Three foot. And what's your, so,
1: okay, so, so basically if you need, if you're fishing a run, and I'm just trying to picture this, maybe this is your typical walking speed run. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, if you're not getting down enough or you're not, your fly is going a little too fast, you might throw on a, a little heavier line to maybe break it down, get a little bit below uh, and are you trying to get with these lines? How, how deep are you trying to get? Are you trying to get within a, a foot of the bottom or,
0: or how do you choose? How do you get, how do you know? Well, you know, right that's depth? funny. Well, that, that's also obviously like if you're, if you're, you're guiding and you're watching the line, you know, you're not watching the person you're watching the line because that tells you if the fish are grabby or not, you know, cause people are going to lift on rocks. People are going to lift right. this and that, but if I can watch the line, I can see if they're you know if they're kind of tink tink tinking it or if they're taking it and grabbing it you know or yep. if they're just one 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 rip and that's it i kind of go with that so if they're kind of pink pink pinking it um we you know i'll start with the technique you know drop your rod tip down river a bit you know kind of force feed them and see if they take it oh, sure. if that's so then we just need to slow the fly down a little bit you know if if they're one one heavy grabbing the nothing you yeah. know what I mean? Maybe we're maybe we're right. We just need to swing it again. Sure. You know what I mean? And and, yep. and if it's like a bit 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 bit, 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 bit you know, I imagine it's, you know, a lot of times it's a little tiny fish. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, but this is all, You know, it's always a uh it's like yeah. a dynamic,
1: Right. It's never thing, exact. You know? it, There's never um, a perfect answer.
0: There really isn't, but I mean, you should see I've I've got like four four books of, you know, heads in my in my boat and I have like I have like dude, I have 50 different sink tips you know from all different things so there'd be some days you know nothing's happening i'll switch the sink tip 10 times you know i mean just trying to figure out where are they what if
1: if you had to you know if you're on say back to the chattahoochee and uh you know you're fishing a typical run three to five foot depth walking speed if you had to pick one one head you know, what, what are you, what are you putting on there most of the time?
0: Oh yeah. Probably T T seven to T 10 only because the rods cast it better. Um, I, I personally really like heavier sink tips. I do. Yeah. Cause I think it slows, it slows that fly down. Okay. And I, and in my opinion, I just think, yeah, you know, I think fish take a slower fly and, and you know, right. if, if it's, um, but I'd say probably T seven T 10 10 foot is used. I don't go under ten foot, and a lot of times with this full you know full trap space, you're they're blowing their anchors if you go under ten foot anyway. So ten okay. foot's great. Oh sure. Uh, okay, so like stick a, with
1: a ten foot. Yeah.
0: Yeah yeah, and like uh, the mo tips are awesome. Um, the OPST the uh, the you know the, the sink tips they have the uh, they're they're pretty awesome. The riffles are really cool for real shallow stuff. And, okay. You know all the way up. They're all useful, like mo tips. I mean, mo tips are all you know. All of them have got their things. You know, airflow has the flow tips. Yeah, that's right. The uh, the flow uh, and the mo, right? Yeah, exactly. What's opst's?
1: What's opst's equivalent to the flow and the mo tips?
0: Well, they have the ones that I have are the uh, because I know on the
1: on the flow tip you have. they have well. The cool thing about the float tip it has a section at the back that's kind of I don't know. It's a little bit different uh, material, I guess you you would say. I mean, it's I guess they all have their own kind of scientific. Yeah,
0: I mean, did you know you yeah. can't be exactly the same, right. but you know, I I like I like OPST's you know angle at it because they have the riffle, the run, and the bucket, and oh, trying right. to understand that that makes sense. You can read them and say, yeah. Well, the riffle obviously is really shallow water. There you go. That's I like, you know, that. you got the run runs the, your, t- your typical typical run. And then your buckets, when you're trying to dump that baby in there and, yeah. and, and fish it deep. I mean, that's, that's fairly that's, simple. That's sweet. Um, that's and sweet. then of course, what is it? Scientific. Yeah. Scientific angler has theirs. And then, you know, of course, then you got the mo's and the I Mohs. you know, you have your intermediate and floating, uh, um, back of that, you know, the butt section, so I mean, dude, when you break it down, yeah, are you are you, you using
1: an intermediate or, uh, on there at all? Ever doing the intermediate? Or I get well. I guess they kind of come. Part of it is intermediate on some of these, on some of these lines. You're, you're about, yeah.
0: about the head or the tip.
1: Um, just, well, I guess yeah. That that would be a good question. Um, I think have they, are they on both? I mean, do you see that? Do you see the intermediate like interchanging? And and I guess what's your take on that? I mean, I, I guess I don't know exactly what the you know, the newest line is out there, but
0: I know, dude, it's, um, <laughs> well, I know OPST, I'm pretty excited. I think they're coming up that intermediate, but right now I use, um, Rio has the game changer. Okay. And you know, you know, as it, you know, how obviously you know how it works. So you can't have your sink tip be lighter than that, than the lightest part of the intermediate Skagit head. Yeah. So we'll swing I think it's like three, five, seven on Skagit, and then we'll put on the tip. We'll do like ten or twelve foot of T20 or T18. And dude, you're hmm. you're getting down. We're talking like twelve feet. You know oh, what I'm wow. saying? We're swinging. Yep. Because sometimes during the year and on the knack neck, those fish hold their rubbing bellies. You know, and then other times they they run through the columns. But when you're swinging that dude, it's not like you can make beautiful casts. You're trying to get it out there to swing it. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, Um, but here in Georgia, no intermediate. Yeah, no intermediate. Okay, and
1: what is um, you know? Do you have a few spay tips? You know, if we get into, I guess we could talk a little bit about casting or just fishing. Do you have any just general tips you like to give people to help them get into some
0: fish? Um, I always say the same thing about slowing the slowing the fly down. Yeah, um, I tell you that's how I begin all my stuff. If they if it turns out that Instead of three times you mended it four times and they're taking more grabs. I mean, then they really want a slow fly. Great, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, and I also do the jig method. I do a lot of, as you you, you get your final, you know, as you mend it that second time, you feel that fly really going down your fishing. I'll have people jig it through, you know, and just be ready on the bottom. And what do you mean by? Jig- take what do you mean j- by jigging it through? So once you, once you do your cast, wherever you're casting, you've pointed your, you, everything's great. Your first men's to turn the fly, right? Yeah. As you drop your rod tip, you mend and it, you know, to slow it down a little bit more. And then I just tell people, you simply just lift your rod tip, just on like a, like a pull method. And and you kind of let it back down up and then you point it back down and you watch that skagit head as it goes you know, back and forth. Yeah. And as you lift it and be prepared, as you drop it down, it's like kind of like a force feed. Oh, right. As you drop it down, a lot of times they'll take it on that dip. How,
1: how high that are you lifting? Down. How high are you lifting your rod tip off the water on each jig? Uh,
0: usually about four feet. I, I, oh, remember, wow, I yeah. tell them Come to get on. it up there. Yeah. 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 Just in like a real, you know, like just like a spinning rod, you take a jig, boom, you jig it or whatever. Yeah. And, it's and, the same thing. So as you cool. cast it.
1: <laughs> and when, when are you <laughs> yeah. going to do, uh,
0: when do you do the jig method? You know, Excuse me. I usually do the jig method after it's kind of been a slow, a slow swing. So if I know that not a lot of action, like they had two grabs and they were like two hours into it, we'll start the jig. And then sometimes it lights it up. Okay. You know, you go from, you go from maybe a fish, then you start to grabs over and over. And I'm like, okay, well, here's the deal. You know, then they're trying to set on their pool. But if you just let it back down, like just like any time you point your rod tip down river and they take it. That's the trick. And then, and then they'll turn it on sometimes. And then other times, you know, nothing. You know, they're just, you know, this. some days, yeah. you know, it's not a numbers game. If yeah. you're in the, if you're in the numbers game, go pick up a bobber and some or some nymphs or some worms or, or something. Yeah. This is not the numbers game.
1: Do you, so, uh, do you that's, do that's, the, do you do the jig
0: up on the neck, neck? Uh, yeah, sometimes, but honestly, most of the time on the neck, neck, you don't have to do the jig. Um, if you can find the column they're holding in, and you can slow the flyer, you know, just figure out that pace, you're good. Yeah. Uh, The knack neck is one of the, you know, that's why it's legend. That's why people like Jeff Leskay come up and swing it. You know, I mean,
1: hmm.
0: it's because these fish are so aggressive and they're such fighters and, and they're they're such a mystery. Yeah. What, you don't have to do much. Where is it at? And uh, what's the name of the lodge that you're working out of? Um. So we this the family that owns my lodge owns several so they own knack river camp which is on the mouth of the lake right on top of right on the very top when the when the mouth of the lake comes into the river that's that's our camp and then like several miles 13 11 miles down the river is our cat my trophy lodge that's our second one and then they also own in belize they own um the blue bone fish um and jim johnson the guy that owns these lodges dude he had he built the uh the, the michigan lodge in baldwin the i mean it, he's he's a legend in the game so these 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 is genius dude we're on the top end of the the best trout water and the bottom end of the best trout water. all
1: right, right. Where right where is the where is the uh Katmai trophy lodge uh where is that located roughly part of alaska
0: uh, oh, it's, it's still on the neck neck. Oh, yeah. We, everything we owns on the neck. Na- yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And which is, is that, is that, is the neck neck, is that
1: southeast or where, what part of Alaska is that?
0: It's Alaska West. I mean, you're, you're, oh, okay. it's, it's out of a, it's out of, um, you're kind of picturing Cl- it. Closest, uh, is there a,
1: well, I mean, towns are probably far away, but is there some, <clears throat> oh, I, I guess I'm just trying to look at, see exactly where that location is. I see a Yeah, it's local.
0: right outside of King Salmon. Oh, King, King Salmon. Okay. King Salmon, last. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And, um, it, I mean, it's beautiful because we pick up our people. We drive to town you pick them up, you drive 35 minutes back to the lodge and they feel like they're in the middle. It's beautiful. Um, uh, it is awesome. But, you know, King Salmon is a very small place, but at least you have a little bit, you know, you have like a gas station, you know, and a little, little place to eat. Yeah. It's, it's nice. Yeah, it's no, nice. And the knack neck, this is just down the street. Oh yeah, I see
1: it now. Yeah, you're just uh, you're kind of west uh, west of uh, Kodiak Island, basically. That area, is that yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that,
0: that's a, that's a good. Yeah, we're definitely when you call it Alaska West, that's definitely where we're at. Yeah, you west, know what I'm saying.
1: In Alaska West, yeah, it's just kind of that whole western, including the yeah. Ke, the peninsula. Well, not the Kenai Peninsula, but the uh,
0: yeah. Well, the Kenai Peninsula, you know, different. you can. Yeah. You can drive there if you're, if you're in Anchorage. Yeah. I mean, you can drive to the, you know, the, the, steelhead, like I was saying, you go through the pass and you come to Sadatna and all that, Yeah, the, those steelhead, you know, you can, you can fish all that for honest to God, you know, like as you're swinging like big Creek or anchor or, or you know, uh, the Kassiloff, I mean, you, especially big Creek. I mean, you're swinging for these fish and you're looking up and you see the ocean. It's so huh. cool that's awesome and I, you know what we don't get to do that a lot but when you're out there it's like you know you're standing there like holy crap there that's the ocean dude And you hook a fish he heads out you're there. it's cool you're
1: there uh, that's that's really cool that sounds like a pretty a pretty special
0: place i mean any of those places up in alaska are, are pretty unbelievable uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude it's it's a uh, yeah i mean you you ever get a chance, you should just come up. It's, it's
1: it's. Yeah, well, I was looking at the map. I've been up there. I spent some time um, up, actually, just looking at where you're at. I've spent some time up out of Bethel, which is northwest of where you're. Okay, at. yeah, yep. up. In I got a area. friend
0: that moved there with his wife. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: we, cool. We, we were up on the Kwe, uh, the Kuska-Kwim, up in the Queeflick, way up, way up there. Oh,
0: cool, man. Yeah, I, I actually heard Bethel got a uh, movie theater, oh, uh, so that's a pretty big deal. That's right. Yeah, we well, we were in
1: Bethel for about. uh I think I was there a day or two until we hopped in the jet boat. And oh God! Okay. Yeah, we were just there for a short time. We spent our time up on the river most, but uh, but yeah, no, this is cool. Okay, so I'm just digging in. So, do we? You know, I mean, as far as question, what, what's your, what do you think is the most common question you get for for Trout Bay, or maybe the most common um, question why? and or struggle, struggles you see?
0: Well, the the first question is why? 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 Why would you even? dedicate your life to this that's the everybody asks and do
1: you not because it's interesting because you are dry fly john so maybe you could talk you know (laughs) after you after you answer that question
0: talk about you know when you left dry flies or if you did completely that's funny man uh yeah i hear that a lot uh on instagram you know everybody wants to be uh yeah i guess the know-it-alls i i guess you'd call them that um but yeah uh, so the dry fly john Came from like 20 years ago, my brother set me up an email and he's like, do well, you want your name to be? I said, I don't know. He said, how about dry fly John? I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And so now it's just when we made the Instagram, my wife made me do the Instagram thing. Yeah. Um, and I just said, just put dry John. Who cares? Yeah. Cause I'll remember it. That's so right. It, it's, I mean, we fish dry flies once in a while, but that's not my. Yeah. Well, and you also, that, I guess it's so you can funny. look. At, Somebody told me. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? That's <laughs> funny but, uh, i just people say why don't you make your name S- spayfly john i was like because i won't remember that i yeah. remember dry fly john. And, and, and dry fly john uh, is actually fun. funny you said
1: it. the cool thing is is that really yeah regardless the name doesn't matter that much and but but you do have the dry fly as far as you know you can fish dry flies for steelhead and, and trout you know some, some, well you can swing mice and, yeah. i mean
0: you know that's what I tell people. I'm like, does a mouse count as a dry fly? Yeah. Then there it is. There
1: you go. There you
0: go. <laughs> Skating flies? Yeah, yeah, dude.
1: So, so now, and then what is, so what is that question or, or common struggle
0: you, you get a lot? Oh, yeah. So the first question is always the same thing. Why spay? Um, you know, I usually say, well, why not? I mean, yeah. it's a different, it's a new way. And that's how I sell it. I'm like, dude, you want to, you've nymphed for 10 years. Are you tired of looking at a bobber? Yeah. You know, but it's always the same. I always run, I do the same thing when I did trophy hunts for browns. I mean, I have a questionnaire. If, if, if you're still a numbers dude, you should definitely not learn this. You know, if you, if you have to catch 40 fish a day, stick with your nymphs, stick with your scuds and your stone flies and worms, you know, if you're still, you know, just love fishing, you know, San Juan worms that you should stick with that. But if you're, you know, if you have a hunger for something new, something new, and, you know, do you ha- you like something that's going to challenge you, shit, spays, you know, spays yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so when um, you get them on the water,
1: I mean, once you get the casting going, I guess, what is the common struggle you see with somebody that's trying to get the, the trout you know, oh, spay casting? I say
0: number one for sure is right hand, left hand, the dominance. Uh, I think that's, that's one of the number one struggles is just fighting that right yeah. hand, left hand. Do you teach um, both?
1: Do you teach both? Do you teach them to, to learn with both
0: hands on top? Yeah, so um, I run through uh, CAC hand cla- uh, casting, and I do switching. And I and I just see which one they like. Mm. Um, and then they ask, which one you do? I say, I eh, usually CAC hand. Yeah. And so then usually people um, – and I do find people on the average in my classes cast CAC hand better because it almost takes that top hand – you have to really – make the effort to make that top hand be king in a cat hand, right yeah so they seem like that bottom hand takes over a little bit more oh that's right and in you know what i've seen that just seems to be they're like oh man this cash great and then we'll go back you know it's like anything man uh mm-hmm. but I, i'd say that that right hand left hand dominance thing um and then of course drifting your arms drifting not yeah. understanding that it has to stay tighter the You know, the shorter the rod, the shorter the head, the tighter the cast. You can't be drifting your hands everywhere. Because you're blowing your anchor, you're doing all this weird mm-hmm. stuff. You know, you're catching trees behind you. Yeah. Uh, how do you
1: keep from? How do you keep people from drifting? Do you do you give them a little box, or how do you? You know what I mean? Because it just I seems don't so use common. the box
0: thing. Yeah, but the box thing never made sense to me, and I get the, I understand I, it. I don't even
1: it know just, what the box is either. I, I just I mean yeah. So exactly. what they
0: say is they, they they you know you picture a square in front of you, and your hands aren't supposed to come out of it. You know, kind of like it's like a square. And how big of a but, square? Exactly. Yeah. It's what I. It's it's and what if you have shoulder problem? Right. What what if what if your your arms just don't move like that? I mean it's it's same with the ten two. Like I said, I use it as a reference sort of just to so they understand when they're looking at a clock. Yeah. the The ten two thing, but other than that, it's under it's really just well. I mean, we talk about energy. You know, you have to understand how a rod loads, and then it's not that hard. You know, yeah. if you know a backcast, you don't throw at the ground and your backcast and forecast single hand rock it's the same thing you can't make a d if your rod tip stays low where you're going to throw you have to you have to connect the planes you have to that and that's that once they get that dude yep that's it, it, it seems to be and then the 180 rule that oh, yeah. 180 rule is huge it is um because when you talk about that 180 rule people are trying to make their d's and then shift in this way and that and i'm like no man you know you you sweep it until you pick your target, you know, where you're going to do your feet, you know, yeah. make sure your shoulders are aligned, your feet are aligned. As you come through, you come up and connect the planes and that's got to be 180. So wherever your D loop is, your cast to get most proficient cast, it has to be 180 degrees.
1: And 180 degrees is, is your, you, you have this point out in front of you, you want to hit and your, your D loop needs to be 180 degrees directly you behind that, whatever that point is.
0: That's right. And that's, that's to get the most out of the rod. You know, people... It it takes a while. You know what it does? It takes a while. So that's why the lake really works because you don't have to do a lot. You don't chase your anchors. You can stand there and ask questions and still be able to cast. Versus if you're in a river, you're always having. Once you do it, you better get out and you know set it and cast. But in a lake, it's it's. And I just started teaching the lake this last two years, and it just seems like you put a real light tip on there. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. And then, then, the, then the next, like, the kind of 102, I guess, is when we get on the river and do it. And then people are like, man, it's a lot different. I'm like, well, this is actually it. And then once they figure it out, you know, it's, it's like a stepping process. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, What's the um, – you mentioned Jeff Liskey. I was going to ask you about a few of your mem- mentors and things like that. What What do you think is the biggest thing you learned from, from Jeff?
0: Oh, man, patience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've never seen – that man is like <laughs> – unbelievable man i yelled at him because you know we changed my cast and i couldn't even remember how i did it before oh man i had a meltdown <laughs> and he just he just laughed and then he said Well, go back to casting the way you used to and i was like i can't remember he's like great <laughs> let's continue uh, it was pretty funny but yep. uh the dude he's such a god yeah he is if you he's ever amazing. hang around he's so humble uh, yeah. oh, oh my god well and, and if you ever seen what he's a host you know so he'll bring these people it's amazing when he's talking to you it's only you that exists. It's, it's really cool, you know, and that's something I learned, you know, yeah. if you talk talk somebody and their eyes are shifting and, and, right. and doing it, you know, you feel like you're like, I'm just done. But yep. dude, when you talk to him, he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, he's, he's on it. Oh yeah. Um, uh, and you know, he's just, he's awesome. Yeah. yeah.
1: What, what you, you have any other, uh, big mentors similar to, you know, Jeff or the people
0: that helped you get to where you are and fly fishing. Um, Let's see. I mean, like in the beginning of it, of course. I mean, uh, a friend of mine, Chad Bryson, that works at the Fish You know, he does some space stuff, but oh, he what shop? Does he, he got work me at? my first job at the Fish Oh, the fish. In, oh, yeah. Oh, you,
1: oh, the Fish Hawk. Yeah. I've, I've, that, oh, cool. Is that where you you work out of there?
0: No, no, I don't work out of a flush. Right? Oh, gotcha. Um, okay. So he he used to come to Alaska, but he got me my first job in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always give him credit for that. And when I was trying to get into the game more in Spay, you know, he helped me with understanding some of the foundational stuff and then of course i ran from there but you know you have to have people that stop and say all right dude this is the basics you know you just you can't learn from a book it helps to have somebody point out you know different stuff and and he helped out a lot for sure um and then uh but I say, yeah, Jeff Liske probably yeah, probably the big
1: guy. He's a he's a big yeah. He's a big name. I hope to get. I haven't. Uh, his name's come up a number of times talking when we were going into the Steelhead stuff. Oh, so
0: dude,
1: he's, oh man, he'd be a good guy to get on. I, um, well, we're we're pretty well into this. I was uh, hoping to get a maybe do a little rapid fire round as we start to wrap things up here. If you have some time,
0: yeah, dude, cool, cool. Um, uh, oh, by the yeah. way, I would tell you another dude. I thought Jerry Darkus is another. Oh yeah. Yeah, Jerry's, guy on my, Jerry's on my list that, too. I love Jerry Darkus, yeah. and he'll come up. He comes to Alaska too. That's where I get to know these people. Oh, uh, Okay, okay. Bring, cool. But yeah, Jerry is. Yeah, he's, dude, he's awesome. Pretty much what, the way it went down
1: with me is the first thirty episodes were all steelhead, and I got to a point. Oh, yeah, I got to a point where I was in the podcast. I, I was thinking, well, am I going to be all steelhead or am I going to mix it up? So I decided to switch and kind of go into trout you know for a season and now we're into more sure. of a destination and diy type of season but but no i mean I, I when i finished up that first steelhead season i was like oh my god there's so many people that i could talk to that i haven't even, you know what i mean and jerry and jeff all those guys yeah. all those yeah. guys are on that list so I'll, I'll get to them eventually i'm gonna i'm gonna swing back around onto some of the steelhead stuff eventually so but yeah so let's just start this one off uh, the right way so who is your um who's your favorite uh, a team character
0: Oh my gosh, man, that's a tough one because I like Murdoch. let would say, Mister, um, maybe, maybe either B. A. Baracus or yeah. I think Murdoch. Murdoch's my favorite. Murdoch one. next.
1: Yeah, Murdoch was the yeah, the crazy man. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's a good question. That's yeah, a good one. Dude.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think. The A team was definitely one of my favorites. So, do you drive around a? Uh, do you have a, a four wheel drive van that you drive around in?
0: No, nobody would trust me if I drove around a van. That's right. They'd all be afraid I was going to try to kidnap them.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. That's awesome. Okay, um, what's your? Uh, do you have a uh, you know like a go-to piece of gear that maybe you know isn't isn't fly fishing necessarily related?
0: Something you kind of when you're out traveling that you kind of gotta have? Or yeah, so my daughter made me a necklace out of deer uh, deer antler, a deer you know the one that I harvested years oh yeah years ago, and she. You won't see me in a photo or a film or anything without that around my neck oh, anywhere.
1: Cool. Nice. All right. Yeah. What's yeah. the, um, you know, we're, we're obviously on audio here. For those that don't know you, can you, um, you know, describe what your beard kind of looks like?
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I have guys that, I, you know, I, I guide different places. And, and every year these smart aleck old men would be like, well, I see more white in your beard. That's right. So I'd say if you see it, you know, pictures from 10 years ago. It was glorious and, and nice and black. Oh, and it was! I'm getting more of uh, that. Uh, yeah, I like to call it wisdom, but I think it's just gray hair. That's right. Yeah, you, you <laughs> got stripes of gray hair.
1: What, what gives you? Uh, you know, when you're in the fly fishing, you know, what gives you gray hairs in that beard?
0: Man, I'd say my kids.
1: Yeah, yeah, me too. yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, kids are and great. And puppies. And what? Oh, and, and puppies. <laughs> I
0: got puppies running all over this place.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah, totally. Those are two. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what do you think as far as, uh, you know, a resource? If somebody was going to get into trout spay, they wanted mm-hmm. to to just go deep on it. Do you have a, a favorite resource? It could be a book, magazine, video, I- anything that comes to mind where, you know, that, that maybe isn't your own stuff?
0: Um, I'll be honest with you. The, the OPSD website, not only do they have good information on their equipment, but they also have videos on you know different setups um how to understand the sync that they're they're very helpful that's a great website uh and youtube you know and also on their youtube is it they have a lot of good information i mean because they know the they know their demographic they know they're 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 not all people just coming over checking out they're new people that don't understand they have good they have good info
1: okay Okay, cool. So yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, I haven't been. I've been to that site, but haven't been checking out all the resources. So I'll put a link. I'll put a link in the show notes to all yeah. the, the resources, that link and everything else we talk about here. Um, so as far as uh, yeah, let's just go. I always try to cover the the two twenty two, the top two flies, top two tips, top two resources, and we've covered some of this. But if you had to pick two flies for for trout spay, Ooh. you know, and could you pick? Ooh, <laughs> could you yeah. pick two?
0: I would say for all of trout Bay, man, I get, if I go, go just kind of a general, like a, a black leech.
1: Yep. Just straight black. You know,
0: there's six. Yeah. Black, maybe some copper flash mm-hmm. or, um, some kind of sculpin with a good silhouette, you know, with a white belly, red gills. Yeah. You know, fat head, tapered body, good sculpin'. Okay. Um, Do you have And, of course, a, you, can, yeah. you can get a lamp raise and all that crap too. But those two, I think you could probably swing up anything. You know, you'll get some action on one of those two flies for sure. Okay.
1: Do you have – if we had to find, you know, is there a name of a fly or something out there you could
0: actually Google up and look online? Let me see here um austin aducci ties a really sick sculpin okay um but i don't know what that's awesome he ever named it yeah yeah uh, yeah he's he's a tire with he, he's 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 a he does a lot of good work okay. um trying to think um a yeah. name of one that's
1: um, i'll link out to austin though. No, that's fine if you can't think i mean i think just generally getting the you know you got yeah, a couple you, of colorations he's on,
0: you, yeah 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 yeah. he does really awesome scope it's probably my favorite scoping pattern is the one he ties um and then for a leech god man uh da, 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 da. oh you know what i'd say for i'd say that graboid leech with okay. from jonathan farmer dude i've caught more fish and it's it, it just size difference you know yeah. uh those the, oh man those two those two are killer i'd say
1: okay all right, cool. And uh, and we did talk about some tips, but do you have any general fly fishing tips, that you might a couple of tips you might give to somebody who, you know, maybe they're on the Chattahoochee or out there and they're struggling to get into a fish?
0: Yeah, for I, I guess I'd have to know what they're doing. Are they bobber fishing, hopper dropper, streamers? What are they doing? Yeah, say, like,
1: say, I, say just like we're talking, they're trout, spay, you know. Just, oh, okay. They, yeah, yeah. They got that set up. I
0: would say, I'd say for sure, um, patience. Yeah. Um, because the hardest thing people do is trying to be patient and waiting for that grab yeah and help. not just not not just to take the fly i mean the, the the could be hours in between a fish even touching it you know right. what i'm saying yep. You, yep you have to believe what your fishing's right yep don't be scared to experiment that's a good one don't be scared to experiment buy okay. buy tips in kits so you can experiment and there learn you go. yep you know, it's like a, a, a natural GPS, you know, Oh, this run last time I used T11, you know, mm-hmm. let's try that, you yeah. know, you know, it's, you know, it's um,
1: yeah, it definitely, mix it up a little bit. Know. Okay.
0: Yeah. Mix it up.
1: What about, um, you know, do you have a quick tip for a, uh, you know, there are some guides that, you know, listen to this, any, any tip for, uh, you know, maybe somebody that's new that wants to get into this kind of the same sort of line that you did.
0: You talking about with, with, with spay
1: or just in general, just, yeah, just your, I mean, pretty much your guiding is that, is that the bulk of your, of your, the business now for you?
0: Yeah. I, I tried to turn a couple of years ago. I found out that it's really an untapped resource and I wanted to be the one that does it. Yeah. So yes, I, I've dedicated, I'd say fair enough. I'd say 85% of my whole year is spay now.
1: Oh, it is. Okay. And and as far as, and that's guiding. So if there was a new guide, somebody that wanted to get in just to guiding, would you give any, any tips to help them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So,
0: um, I'd say college or military and then, uh, do something else. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I,
1: was, if, uh, I was waiting <laughs> for that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'd say, uh, somebody new, uh, same thing. I tell somebody swinging, man, you're going have to have that patience. Yeah. That's it. Um,
1: you got to put your time in. I would,
0: you know, yeah. I mean, captain's license is if you want to actually oh, expand yeah. your yeah. career. Yeah, can and you, buy a boat.
1: Can you uh, go on the cap? That is interesting. I, I mentioned. I can't remember who I was talking to recently, but we the captain thing because up here, you know, we don't really have the captain thing in the fly fishing space. What what is what is that about? Because you are a, a captain as well, and. I am. And, and can you explain uh, for those that haven't been around the fly fishing captains, wh- wh- what that means and, and what that's all about? Yeah.
0: Well, well, you're, you're, it's an actual coast guard. It's a coast guard captain. You have the, have the rank through the coast guard. It's an OUPV six pack is like the basic one. And that means, uh, you can take up to six people in a boat and that's what the that's what your legal capacity is. And most of the time, you have to have it when any kind of water is considered navigable, like on the neck, neck, It's goes the lake, the river, and the Bristol Bay, so it's a navigable, you know, runway. Yeah. So you have to have a captain's license. Yep. Now, sometimes with tailwaters, okay, they won't require you to do that. Um, but most of Alaska, if it's unless it's like inland, most of everything we're running, you need a okay. captain's license. So you need a it.
1: captain's license. So everybody up there needs, and you don't hear. I, at least I haven't in my past Hear people talk to, you know, say captain in Alaska, but is, is that, is that the case? Or is that a different thing in Georgia where, you know, and down the South where you hear more people talking about, you know, as captains?
0: Well, yeah. So technically you're not a captain unless you actually have, you know, everybody calls themselves captains when they're really not, uh, you know, like a real captain. Um, you know, you have to go to school, you have to pass all the stuff. I mean, there's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's, you have to get your captain's license to be called a true captain. Yeah. But um, down here, just tailwaters and stuff. And at the moment, they're not pushing it. But that could change any minute. Um, and then if we go like we used to guide the Cumberland, you need a captain's license for that place. Um, and then like I said, uh, up in Alaska, and there's several places that you can't even run anything under power. Now, if you run a drift boat, you can you can drift all day in Alaska right. anywhere without power. You can you can captain it. Yeah. But, I mean, like the knack I ran a drift boat one time. That was horrible. You know, you, it, it's such a big river. You don't want to be rowing, oh, God, that's awful.
1: Yep, gotcha. Okay, um, yeah. So when you when you go up and you meet somebody, you uh, do you introduce yourself as Captain John? Uh, you
0: know, <laughs> or, or, or do you introduce yourself as, uh, yeah. you know, what, what do you say? How, how does that work? No, I just introduce myself as John. I asked <laughs> and my wife, I said when I got my captain's license, is it too pretentious to to you know advertise? I'm Captain John McCloskey. Yeah. No, I, I I'll do it. Like, I'll be honest with you. I do it um in like formal emails. Yeah, because people It'll do be that. captain. Yeah, people people do yeah. say you see it out there, Captain. I see
1: it a lot on on social media. You see, it, you know, Captain whoever.
0: Yeah, yeah. I now and, and I will tell you that my and on Instagram it says Captain because yeah. you that that's my business Instagram. Yeah. I, I'm not really it's just a business you know to sell trips and you need sure. to know I'm a captain yeah yeah um I hear, I hear, but yeah. like no when I've introduced myself no I don't uh
1: yeah yeah I catch gotcha. no it's kind of I guess it's similar to the the PhD thing you know in your email line correct yeah yeah you see that some. and yeah, you know, obviously it's if you get your PhD or, or I'm sure your captain's you know affiliation that it's a pretty Big thing, so it makes sense to yeah. to, to let people know. Okay, um, so a couple yeah. more, couple more, and I'll let you get out of here uh, really quickly. What about um, your favorite? Do you have a favorite um, uh, band or music that you like to listen to?
0: Huh? Favorite band or music? <sighs> and I'll let well, you. I like yeah. classic rock. Oh, good, sure.
1: good. What what, yeah, do, you, what um, do you got? Do you got a, any cl- any
0: bands you want to throw out there? Oh man. Like, like old stuff, like, um, you know, CCR, oh, yeah. uh, Bob yep. Dylan, man. Sure. Um, Dylan, I mean, everything that, you know, my parents grew up on that. I actually grew up on that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I like old, uh, like storytelling music, like, like Chris Ledoux or, oh, yeah. uh, Ta- Towns Van Zandt,
1: right. you know,
0: um, uh, Blaze Foley, I mean, old, old, you know, old stuff that nobody cares about, no, but I'm not great. really into all the new stuff Sure, that no. much. I love it. Um, maybe a little Cypress Hill every oh, yeah. then when nobody's around, Cypress you know. Cypress Hill.
1: Yeah. I'll put a, <laughs> I'll put a link to a, uh, I listened to them on another podcast. I can't remember which one it was. It might've been Joe Rogan, but, uh, um, oh, sure. one of them, but, uh, yeah, that was a great, it was a great podcast. So I'll, I'll put a link to, to that and maybe I'll pick off a YouTube video from, uh, from some old school, um you know, CCR or somebody like that, um, nice. It <laughs> um, nice. and, uh, and then, so what is your, you know, if you look overall, you know, if you had to say your superpower, what, what is it?
0: <laughs> Super. Uh, oh gosh, man, that's a tough one. My, my superpower would be, uh, is it, is, are you asking like one that I would want? Uh, it have. could
1: be. It could be. It, it you know, one you have or one you would want. Yeah, either one.
0: Oh, flight. I, oh, I, flight. I okay. fly. Oh, for sure. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There
1: you go. So, flight over. I mean, over the invisibility or. You know, I guess whatever else you, you could think well, of. Well,
0: I, I mean, I live in Bush, Alaska for almost half a year. I'm pretty invisible anyways. All right. I, all think, I... I think I think think flight would be the awesome. That would be awesome.
1: Nice. All right. Um, so anything else we missed today? I mean, we've kind of covered a lot of different things, and I know we went into a little bit of everything. As far as trout space, somebody wants to get started on it. Any other things we want to touch on or have we kind of covered it? it, it you know, again, it's pretty basic, just like steelhead. It, it, there's not, you know, there's a little bit on the spay line stuff. But other than that, just get out there and swing some flies.
0: Yeah, I think time in the water for sure, Um, making sure you you, you follow the right stuff because there's a lot of trash out there. Yeah. Uh, But like I said, I always tell people when you buy a rod, I always say buy three heads. You buy the high end so you can learn how to, to feel the rod load, the middle so you can grow with your rod, and the bottom of the window so that now you can get a good snap and have a nice clean cast. Hmm. I tell people to do every rod they buy, that's what I believe works well. Um top, middle, bottom. At least go top and bottom if yeah. you can't afford, you know. Okay. Um but that that's what I always say and it seems to work great for people. Uh that's another reason why the OPSTs it's great because you take uh, um, you know average 7 weight, you most likely have the same head Another guy's throwing with his seven weight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, May vary 12, you know, so I, that's the same thing I do with people. If, if it calls for a 425, it's a like, buy a 425 and a 400. Let's see how, if you, you know right. what I mean? It's a great that's just tip. what I do. It's a great it tip. just seems, well, it's better than throwing away the rod because yeah. you don't like the tempo. Totally. You know? Yeah, that's no, a great So one. Okay.
1: All right, John, well, in the next 6 to 12 months, anything new you got coming? I know, obviously, you're going to be in Alaska, but anything else you want to note as far as, you know, yourself or personally or with the business that you want to, you know, share with us?
0: Oh, man, dude. Uh, I think we're starting, uh, I think we're going to start guiding the white out in Arkansas.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you you uh, you you and Davey Watton.
0: Uh, well, it's actually, you know, that guy, Austin Aducci oh, you yeah. know, and some other, and other guys were guiding, we, we guide within Alaska are all doing it already. So oh, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to do more of the space stuff on the white because it swings incredibly well. Yeah. Um, so I figure that's a cool, and we'll just do that like six weeks a year or so. But, um, other than that, man, um, I got some stuff cooking that I can't talk about yet, but sure. it's, it's I got some cool stuff coming, man. I'm not dead yet.
1: Yep. Yep, and, and you're uh yeah, and in the you mentioned OPST, but it uh, sounds mm. like uh the companies that you're you're kind of working with or you use or or um you mentioned them all today, kind of echo and some of those other ones.
0: Well, yeah, well Sean Combs with the Orvis and I are are you know stay yep. stay in good touch and they're they're you know they're working more and more on their spay game too because they see the same demand everybody does. It's getting more popular. Why are we not pushing it harder? Yeah. Um, I just know that all the material I've used, the OPSD heads, are super friendly to new beginners and to advanced casters alike. That's kind of hard to beat, you know. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a dynamic thing. You're always changing. You're finding things that you like and don't like. Uh, you know, like for myself, personally, I love hardy click paws. Yeah. But. For clients, I use Hatch Reels most of the time because Hatch takes good care of me. Sure. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's the companies that actually care about you that you want to push because they actually yeah, well, put they have time good, into
1: you. Good product yeah. and yeah, put yeah. time into you. It makes sense. And then yes. they're going to treat your your clients and your customers That's well. That's correct. So, and then, so, yeah, if they want to, if folks want to find you, just John on Instagram yeah. is a good place. Yeah. In-
0: yeah, I mean, you can find me there. You can find me on um, Stealthcraft website you can find me on Hatch website you know I'm, all, I'm, I'm different places but yeah definitely Instagram's the easiest way to to get a hold of me for sure okay
1: alright John well uh, I'll let you get out of here thanks for uh, you know all the information today we, we dug into it and uh, you know there'll probably be a few questions and if they have them I'll send them your way but just want to thank you for uh, sharing your, your wisdom and we'll, we'll keep in touch with you on Instagram
0: man I sure appreciate it guys and uh, I hope you have a good summer alright thanks a lot alright man
1: so there you go. If you want to find all the show notes with all the links we cover, just go to wetflyswing.com slash fly. And I wanted to read a quick uh, recent review on the podcast. Uh, this is uh, from Fall River Trout Bum. Uh, Fall River Trout Bum says, uh, stellar five stars, the best fly fishing podcast ever. That, uh, love it short simple sweet and perfect i really appreciate it uh fall river trout bun thanks for for leaving the uh the review and uh, if you want to share your uh feedback review even just click a star rating you can head over to wetflyswing.com slash review to find out how, how to easily do it uh thanks again for somebody to check out the show today look forward to catching up with you soon and hope to maybe see you on the river or online thanks for listening to the wet fly swing fly fishing show For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com. And if you found this episode helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on
0: iTunes.